Are you ready to witness greatness? College fans, welcome to the biggest tailgate party in the nation. Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Let's go! We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now, we're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No. Hey, welcome in. Let's talk some ball. We'll have Jared Smith, lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com, talking some college football. Also, Bill Krakenberger, sports handicapper from CrackWins.com. We'll talk some NFL with Crack here in just a few minutes. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. All right, Jared Smith is with us here. I'm Brian No, by the way. No one cares. It's all about you, Jared Smith. It's all about you and your Browns T-shirt over here talking college football. <laughs> Let's dive in, man. This great game. Top 10 matchup. UCLA against Oregon. Number nine against number 10. Chip Kelly going back to his old stomping grounds. I say Autzen. Some people say Autzen. We'll dive into that later. What are your first impressions? Ducks favored by six at BetMGM here. Care about you, Brian. I care about you. Some people say Brian No. Some people say Brian Noe, right? Tomato, tomato. Um, Here in this case, we have two top 10 teams in the Pac-12. And that is important. Why? We have not had a regular season. Regular season. It's happened a few times in the conference championship game. Regular season. Regular run of play. Pac-12 top 10 opponents since 2013. It has been basically a full decade. So, you know, kind of full circle for this conference over the last few years they've been down now i would say they've got some teams that are certainly capable of at least getting to the college football playoff maybe it's one of these teams i I think ucla is going to be a very trendy dog this week that's what we're hearing in the markets that doesn't really matter as much when it comes to the x's and o's that's what will separate these two teams i think oregon has an edge on the offensive line they're third in line yards created this year ucla's defense has been troubled at times rushing the passer getting pressure um they are outside the top 80 in opponent adjusted pressure rate so we'll see how much pressure they get on bo nix in this game and this oregon offensive line's only allowed one sack this year so again i like the oregon front against the ucla defense on the other side of the ball i think ucla's o-line has played well the oregon defense has also played well but when you look closer at strength of schedule, the Bruins' first four opponents were Cupcake City, Alabama State, Bowling Green, et cetera, et cetera, South Alabama. Then the last two games against Washington and Utah, better, especially uh, on offense. But I would say those defense, especially Utah's defense, which was billed as a really top unit, has played well below expectations. Washington was banged up off a big win off Michigan State. So I think there's a lot of holes to be poked in the schedule of defenses that UCLA has played this year. Meanwhile, Oregon has faced some pretty tough offenses. Georgia game one, I know they got blasted on the scoreboard, but the box score there was much tighter um, than the final score indicated. You look at BYU, Washington State, those teams can run the ball. They've got good offensive lines. They held those teams in check. So I think Oregon has an edge in both trenches here. And to me, that usually spells success in a college football game. I wonder how you feel about this, Jared, because Bo Nix has played well. All things considered, he's played pretty well this year. It wasn't a work of art the first game of the year, but that was against Georgia, and he was on a new team. But you look at the QB matchup, Bo Nix against Dorian Thompson-Robinson. 
So Knicks, passing-wise, 12 touchdowns, 3 picks. DTR, 15 touchdowns, 2 picks. Bo Nix actually has the edge in rushing yardage. He's rushed for about 100 yards more and double the touchdown rushes. Nix has 8, DTR has 4. And it's interesting, right? Going into this game, it's, hey, DTR, playmaker, and he certainly is. And I don't know about you, but it's like, gosh, do I have to trust Bo Nix? You know what I mean? Like, he's played, again, really well, but we've seen so many times where he's had those bad performances or a big mistake. He might not have an outright dreadful performance, but he might have a couple of big mistakes that swing the game. Do you trust Bo Nix in this spot? At home, I do. Um, The home numbers have been fantastic. We discussed it, too, um, earlier this season. Nine touchdowns, no picks at home. 34-4 and in his career at home. On the road, it's basically flat. Three touchdowns, three picks this season. 16-15 throughout the course of his career. Again, those games in, uh, at the SEC defenses may be held in, in a bit different, higher regard than than at the Pac-12 defenses. But I think it makes sense when you talk about his narrative where he is a guy that can be a little volatile at times. And the comfort of playing at home eases a lot of those fears. The offensive coordinator for Oregon, Kenny Dillingham, I think is also very comfortable with Bo Nix. Again, this is a guy that recruited Bo Nix at Auburn, comes over. They're having a lot of success against Pac-12 defenses. And on the other side, UCLA's defense with Bill McGovern as the defensive coordinator, his first year coming over from an NFL scheme, he had experience with the Giants and the Eagles. It's all about pressure. And UCLA, again, we talked about the sack rate. They haven't generated a ton of pressure this season. Now, they did get to Cam Rising a bunch. But like I said, Utah's trenches haven't been as strong as we expected this year you saw what happened when utah played oregon too so i just i think we're going to see a very buttoned up oregon offensive line and defensive line and i don't think the pressure will get to bo nicks to have an impact in this game okay let's uh go to another game here number 14 syracuse against number five clemson clemson favored by 13 and a half right now at bet mgm i i don't want to talk just quarterbacks but what stands out to me is DJ Uwe Ungalale using his legs quite a bit. We all know about Garrett Schrader. He can get that done as well. But if you look at DJ Uwe, as I call him, he's had at least eight designed rushes each game this year. So it's been a dramatic uptick in running. He says he was ticked off last week that he didn't run for more yards in Clemson's win. So I like that. He's like, if I just pick up my knees a little bit, I rush for more. Uh, So that's something to watch in this matchup. What do you think about Clemson getting almost 14 points in this one? It feels like a lot, right? You're thinking to yourself, top 10 teams, why is Clemson hanging this big of a number considering, you know, their offensive struggles at times this year? Their defense has looked a little bit inconsistent, giving up 45 to Wake. They gave up 28 last week against Florida State. Give credit to this Florida State offensive line. Backs against the walls, ton of injuries. They created a ton of space up front. More than 50% of their runs gained five or more yards last week against a healthy Clemson defensive line that missed 24 tackles. I think that's a little effort, and I think we're going to see improved effort this week. Again, this is a top 10 game at home against a Syracuse team that's very upstart, but I would say very suspect. And I think the reason why I feel very confident that we're going to see some massive regression from Syracuse it starts from the top down. Dino Babers came out this week and said, I'm thrilled. We're bowl eligible. 
<laughs> you're six and zero, oh, coach. You're worried about being bowl eligible. Don't you have higher expectations than that? And again, this is a team series that was projected to win three and a half games this year. So getting to six and zero oh is is pretty lofty. Um, and then you look at the back half of the schedule. It's been really bad um, for this for this or I mean for the Syracuse team. I think they're going to be uh, underdogs in a lot of games down the stretch. I think they're going to struggle a lot down the stretch. How about this stat with Syracuse? And they haven't faced a gauntlet yet, right? They're definitely hitting the the bulk of their schedule here with uh, Clemson here. Nice win last week against NC State. And their defense played very, very well. NC State did have their backup quarterback in there. But how about this? Syracuse ranks 95th in rushing success rate allowed. That sounds like one of those... Geek stats, as you like to say, Jared, where you kind of push your glasses up a little bit more. But 95th in rushing success rate allowed. That's where I kind of go, oh, gosh. And Clemson, with Will Shipley and what we mentioned with DJ Uwe, they can run the football. They haven't been great in that department. But against Syracuse, I like Clemson to be able to run the ball effectively and if their D-line plays better, I think this could get out of hand real quickly. Totally agree. And again, the only thing separating Brian No from being an absolute stud in the handicapping world is the nerd numbers. You start dripping those nerd numbers into your handicaps, bud, you're going to be unstoppable. You're going to win our little contest this year. Um, the nerd number, again, a lot of people, when I, when I say those and when I use those in my handicaps, I know it can be a little confusing at times, but the point is to try to shape a narrative by using data. A lot of people like to get on these shows and just talk. I think this team is this bad on the run. Stop. It's about using those narratives that we talk about every day and then backing them up with the data. And that's what we're doing here, frankly. Now, let's dig even a layer deeper. Syracuse's defensive coordinator, Tony White, plays this 3-3-5 scheme. It is a very unique scheme. It is a scheme where they struggle to stop the run because you only have three down linemen. They have to usually commit an extra run guy into the box. They run a lot of run blitzes. It can be havoc. It can be helter-skelter. I think DJ used the perfect quarterback to combat that because he has the ability to run the ball himself. Instead of just handing it off and running it straight into a run blitz, the RPO game, the read option game that he has done a lot more effectively this year that he's dropped about 30 LBs. It allows you to read where the defense is blitzing from and then adjust accordingly. Again, this is a guy that now has a full season plus of quarter of starts under his belt. You start to trust him a little more. And I'm looking at all the other nerd numbers for DJU. All the metrics are up this year. Turnover worthy plays are down and he's very dangerous as a runner. There is an opportunity in this game. If Syracuse gets outflanked with this light box, you're right. We could see Clemson just own the trenches here. Another interesting game here, Jared. You got number 17, Kansas State, against number 8, TCU. And you look at the Horned Frogs, three-and-a-half-point favorites at BetMGM as we speak right now. Total's at 54. I look at TCU, and on offense, they've got big playmakers. On defense, they give up a lot of big plays as well. So how do you balance those two when you look at this game? I think it's about TCU's momentum. We talked about them last week. We were able to get home with them against Oklahoma State. Very impressive performance by Oklahoma State offensively. TCU's bugaboo, of course, has been the defense. But the road for this Horn Frogs team to get to this lofty elevated status has been tough. SMU in a rivalry game and then three straight ranked conference opponents. So it's been a really tough gauntlet. Now you get K-State off a bye night game in the Little Apple. 
this is a tough spot, I think, for TCU. Now, in the trenches, I like K-State. Again, TCU has struggled to defend this year. I think Deuce Vaughn, who's averaging almost two yards per team play. Every time Kansas State snaps the ball, even if Deuce Vaughn doesn't even get a handoff, he's averaging two yards per team play. That, to me, is telling you know a pretty clear picture of who the big guy is in the K-State offense is. And I think this K-State offense likes to run the football 17th in opportunity rate. The offensive line is playing well. And again, TCU's bugaboo has been stopping the run. And they're outside the top 100 in a lot of those key nerd statistics that I look at when it comes to defensive line play and how they're stopping the run. I think the under getting steamed down here is also telling. Sometimes you don't know which way to go on the side, but where the total moves can be an indicator on what kind of game we're going to see. Well, this under got bet down significantly. Why? Well, I just told you, Kansas State likes to run the ball. TCU's defense has struggled, but it's the weather that could be a factor here. Mm-hmm. We're seeing 20 to 30 mile an hour winds in Manhattan, Kansas this week. Well, TCU passes the ball at a 10% higher rate than Kansas State does. If the wind is a factor in Manhattan, again, we're taping this on a Thursday, the weather report could change by Saturday. But if it's 20 to 30 mile an hour gusts in Manhattan, Kansas on Saturday night, well, it's going to affect TCU's offense more than it's going to affect Kansas State's offense. That's a huge factor to consider here. And I just like this Kansas State toughness and defense against the pass. They're really strong. And I just I don't see TCU's offense with the Max saw Jim Duggan being as efficient as we've seen in prior weeks. Eventually, I think the steam runs out for TCU. This might be the week for them. Yeah, you look at TCU's top receivers, 16 yards per catch. A lot of again, big play potential. And if the wind is a factor, that's a big, big deal in this game. I like that you're pointing that out. And also this, consider this TCU's defense, they're giving up an average of five and a half gains per game of 20 plus yards. So think about that. Five and a half plays of 20 plus yards. That's wow. a ton, man. That's a lot. Yeah. Really and yeah, is. Vaughn could be Vaughn City here. He could have a very nice game against TCU. I'll put it this way. If it's like windy like crazy and it's really affecting the passing game, TCU, this is your – can you stop the run when the other team really is limited to begin with, but then by the weather even more? Can you stop the rush, right? Like that's what I want to see from TCU in this one. Yeah. Yeah, this one's going to be a little more close to the best, I think. TCU's been a high-flying offense. I I would be surprised based off the movement with the total if we see, you know, an 88, what was it, 43, 40, 83 points scored combined between these two teams like we saw last week with the Horn Frogs. Yeah. Uh, anything that you want to mention? Any uh, incarnate word, um, you know, action here? Anything crazy uh, betting-wise that you, you got your sights set on just yet, Jared? This has been a tough week after what we saw last week in the college football world. I will say this. Clemson really stands out to me the most of the three games that we just talked about. I think if I had to rank them, I'd say Clemson one, Oregon two, Kansas State three. And we'll get in. I'm sure our buddy Seamus McGee will have some incarnate word stuff for us coming up on Saturday. (laughs) That's right. We'll be with you on Saturday. That's Jared Smith, lead betting analyst from PicksWise.com. I'm Brian No, our guy Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American. My goodness, Jared, you and uh, Rich be licking your Nittany Lion wounds on Saturday. We'll get you all set. Five ranked versus ranked games and much more to preview. We'll catch you three hours leading up to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend 
will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. All right, let's welcome in Bill Krakenberger, sports handicapper from crackwins.com. Let's talk some NFL. Now, Crack, on your mind, not just cash, there is a word in the middle of your brain right now, parity in the NFL. There are nine teams right now that are 3-3, three and three, and some of them are teams with high expectations this season. Pretty crazy what we're seeing this far, huh? This is why it's so difficult to win money in the NFL. There is so much parity this year. Literally any team can be a good team here for a future bet. I mean, I wouldn't bet Buffalo at plus 275. No way. They show that they're human too and, you know, starting out two and two early. And I know they beat the Chiefs and stuff, but these teams in general – they have a stylistic defense strategy this year. You used to be able to rely on more uh, these good teams being fast on, on offense and the big quarterbacks. Uh, you know, you get to rely on them throwing the ball, getting away with a hundred plays, and you don't do that anymore. The, literally, the defenses are, are being tougher on the offenses, slowing down the pace and the amount of plays, um, literally from 100 plays to 50 plays. I'm just giving them a number there. They're forcing quarterbacks to, to you know, dink and dunk. There's a lot more variance that has been introduced to the betting market this year based on a lot of analytics, too. Um, defenses are really forcing these teams to do things they don't want to do. So um, it's a different year, a tougher year, though somehow I managed to win at a good rate this year, the first six weeks, even though I did have a losing week last year. I mean, last week. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a tough, it's a tough sport this year. Yeah, well, how about one of these teams that fit into the, uh, the parity criteria is the Green Bay Packers. They've dropped two straight games. They looked Awful last week against the Jets. You've got Aaron Rodgers with the thumb issue now. And now they're favored by four and a half as we speak by BetMGM. On the road against Washington. Washington, as you know, Crack, has a lot of their own issues. They have their backup quarterback in now, Taylor Heineke. You've got Carson Wentz on the shelf for four to six weeks with a broken ring finger. So long story short, with all that floating around in your head, are you thinking about taking the home dog or the home dogs barking here with Washington on their backup QB? Well, I'll tell you, it's a, it's a game I'm actually staying away from, but I'll tell you right now, this is a really big game for both teams. You're talking two and four, can go to two and five rather than three and four. Green Bay, three and three, staring a losing record in the face here if they lose this game outright. Who would think on the look-ahead line Green Bay would only be a four-and-a-half-point favorite against Washington? Washington was picked last in their division. Uh, they are last in their division right now. Um, but Green Bay only a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I guarantee you a lot of the suckers, a lot of the publicers can't wait to put the Green Bay money line in their parlays, which – you guys know I hate betting these favorites, but even the, it's the bigger favorites, though, like the Dallas is over seven, Miami minus seven, New England minus eight and a half. They don't want to lay the points. They want to put them in money line parlays. Big sucker bets. The reason why the sports books make so much. I know that is one of the things that you preach at the pulpit of uh, crack. You know what I mean? Is like don't sure. put the 
the home favorite by seven points or whatever it is in your money line parlay. How about this one? You talk about a stinky line crack. Giants, Jags. So the Giants have lost one game. They've, they've done great so far, and yet they're underdogs at Jacksonville. Jacksonville has looked bad the last couple of weeks, yet the Jags are still a standard three-point home favorite. What do you think about that one? Wow. This game is uh, – this actually should be a good game. I, I just gave you guys off air before I told you guys to bet the over 42. Moved about a half a point, though I do see some move to full point. Um you know, this type of game, this was one of the games where you would say, oh, God, the schedule maker made a clunker of a game. Not true. The Giants have been a fun team this year. Uh, at 5-1, and one, it's amazing they're even underdog to a Jacksonville team that, that came out a little bit stronger than maybe it's, it's, it's been lately, but they have been lately. Uh, I, I look forward to watching this game. I, I did bet the over on this game. Um, you think about it. You have a Jacksonville, a two and four team. Uh, that, that this is what people still think about the Giants. They think they're a fagazi, a fake five and one team. Just like I think uh, me and uh, Jeff Schwartz thought when uh, we bet the under on season wins, which looks terrible now. It's ninety five percent loser. <laughs> it does look horrible right now. It's amazing the Jets and the Giants. Their turnaround last season they were combined. 8-26. and 26. That was their combined record. This year, Giants 5-1, and one, Jets 4-2. and two. They already have more wins combined this season than they did last season. That's amazing. And if you look at the Jets, they are on the road against Denver, who has a ton of issues, yet Denver is still favored. Denver is a one-and-a-half point favorite at BetMGM. What do you think about Jets? Broncos with everything going on with Russell Wilson and his injuries. How many of these primetime games have been real clunkers? Watching that Denver-San Diego game the other night. Well, I say San Diego. They're the L.A. Chargers now. But watching that game, oh, God. We've gotten some bad. Chicago, Washington. I can go on and on. We got some real clunkers. Um, this is, even though the Jets are 4-2, and two, Boy, uh, this. by the way, this game opened three. Quickly, the Sharps and Wise Guys bet the Jets plus the three points. Um, I, I, I don't know which team is worse because Denver looked terrible. Um, I know the, the quarterback situation there. People are getting on Wilson a little bit now. Um, the, the Jets, listen, if they win this game, they legitimately – have a, a shot to maybe even be in the playoffs. You know, on our Sunday show, the biggest exposure that Jason from BetMGM, and, he, and we all laughed at it, including Jason, was the guy that put 10000 on the Jets to win the Super Bowl and 10000 for them to win their division. Um, th- th- that person's not really laughing now, looking to win seven figures, have a shot here. So, Yeah, it's wild. And think about this too, Crack, the unders. The unders in these games have steadily been hitting. We're talking about about a 60% clip for the season. That's insane. And last week you had 10 of 14 games go under. When are we going to see an uptick in overs here? Well, look at at this week. The the bookmaker finally said that's enough for these big lines. Even though last week they adjusted, this week they really over-adjusted. We're talking games like 40, 42, 40. I'm going down the schedule. 40. 42, 42 and a half, 
uh, 41. Jet game, 38. Mm. Uh, wow. Pittsburgh, Miami, uh, 44. Chicago, New England, 39 and a half. This is really amazing uh, how many points. You could have had to look ahead on all these games, literally having minimum a point, some of them two and three points. Uh, I know I, I had a look ahead last week that I bet the beginning of the season, 51 on the Philly Eagles game under. Literally, that game moved nine points off that number, and it, it, it went under. I mean, it just it, it actually landed around the number, or landed on 43, 42, 43. But uh, it just goes to show you the difference on the look-ahead lines, lower and lower points, and now the bookmaker is literally over-adjusting. So we're going to see what's going to happen this week. Is there a game in particular, Crack, that you like the over on the most? Well, I I, uh, I did this particular game. I bet this particular game, the Giant game, over 42 about an hour ago, 45 minutes ago. Not really betting a lot of things right now. Uh, last week I was I'm a little jaded from my first half strategy on the overs, which I've been doing really good this year. Yeah, um, I think I'm eight and five, eight and four, eight and four, and I, I, I'm a little jilted after last week. A lot of these games uh, going under first half, and then having a shot to go over in the third quarter last week. Every game that I bet over on, uh, it was easily an zero and three. By the middle of the fourth quarter, I actually could have went three and zero. Went one and two, but um, not really over right now on anything in particular that I could talk about, but I'll have it for our Sunday show. Yeah. Um, did you drown your sorrows at KFC or Popeye's last week, Crack? Oh, I told you guys that. You know, I, I'm not really a fast food guy, but I decided to go to KFC. Oh, no, no. I decided to go to the uh, Popeye's. And everyone said, you got to get the chicken sandwich. You got to get chicken sandwich. I've never had one of these chicken sandwiches that they had these chicken sandwich wars years ago. And, and I probably won't again. It's just too greasy. It's, uh, but I guess the Popeye's chicken uh, may have a little edge. Minus, lay the minus 125 on Popeye's <laughs> over KFC. I do love KFC's mashed potatoes. There is nothing better in all of fast food than KFC's mashed potatoes. They are tremendous. I have not had a Popeye's chicken sandwich, believe it or not, but I'm happy to hear finally somebody say it's not the greatest thing of all time because that's all I ever hear, Crack, is it's amazing, it's amazing, it's amazing. I like you giving us the eh, shoulder shrug. And my nieces go to this place called, it's probably popular where you are too, Kate, no, no, what's it called? They're called Chick Fil A. Oh, they like yes. love going there. They're 16, 17 years old. I, I, I didn't find anything special in there at all. I went with them. I took them once. Then we went for breakfast for these little chicken mini kind of. I don't get it. I mean, it's it, it's kind of <laughs> disgusting. All this stuff to me. Uh, let me throw one more game at you, Crack, before we sure. get out of here. It's probably the game of the week. It's got to be Chiefs at the 49ers. You sure. saw the Niners on the road last week, and I don't know what happened to them against Atlanta. They did not look good at all. But going back home, two-and-a-half-point home underdog, that's what the Niners are. What do you think about Chiefs-Niners here? You know, if you remember on our Sunday show, I actually said, guys, I see some giant, giant action coming in on Atlanta. 
and uh, it jumped from four and a half to three and a half as the syndicate bet them about 45 minutes before kickoff. They were absolutely right. What a spot. Atlanta literally was the right team the whole game there. I'm surprised San Fran did not show up for that game. I think this spot's a much better spot for them, even though they're playing a much tougher team. They're home. They're getting three. They're catching three at a couple sports books still. Two and a half at other ones. This is one of those that I would would, would want the three. Uh, Kansas City might be out for a little blood after last week's loss, um, but I still would lean San Fran in the spot. Should be the best game of the week. You know, it's funny. Crack is the Chiefs are trying to do exactly what the Bills did to them last week because the Chiefs were a two and a half point home underdog. Yep. And the Bills came in and took care of business at the very end. That's exactly what the Chiefs are going to try to do. It's the same exact point spread. It's just the Chiefs this week are in the same role, the same spot that the Bills were in last week. It's funny how that's worked out. Yeah, this is this is a really good spot for uh, San Fran. The more I look into this, though. But you're right. It's the same situation. Should be a good game. Good weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, be sure to check out the new look and features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love. Whether it's live betting, the daily Lions boost, or the cash-out feature, new users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. Make sure you check us out on Sunday. We'll get you all set for all the games here. It'll be myself, Brian No, Bill Krakenberger, sports handicapper from crackwins.com, and our guy Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL veteran, three hours right up until kickoff. So on the East Coast, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. We'll get you all set for week seven. Catch us then.